This is The Space Shot, episode 119 for September 10th, 2017. Grail and The Wrath of the Road Trip. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Molnix. Earlier this afternoon, I was able to see Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan in a movie theater, and it was awesome to see that movie on the big screen for the first time. The director's cut of Wrath of Khan runs a few minutes longer than the theatrical release and has some slightly longer sequences of dialogue that are great additions. Wrath of Khan holds up incredibly well over time, and it's a testament to how storytelling can beat incredible special effects. What's really crazy is that the budget for this movie was only $11 million, and that's incredible when you compare this movie to the pilots of some TV shows that get produced nowadays, and especially to the recent sci-fi movies that have been out that cost in the hundreds of millions of dollar range. The interview with William Shatner before the feature was enjoyable as well, with some interesting history and anecdotes that were shared. If you don't get a chance to see the movie today, don't stress too much. You've got one more chance on September 13th at 2 and 7 p.m. as well. You'd be highly illogical to miss this last chance to see The Wrath of Khan in the theater. Interestingly, on another note, when I was driving home today, I was on the phone with my mom a bit, and we realized the first movie I remember seeing in theaters was Star Trek VI The Undiscovered Country. It came out just before my fifth birthday, and the scene that I remember most vividly is when Spock mind melds with Lieutenant Valeris to determine what she knows about a plot to provoke further war between the Federation and the Klingons. So seeing today's movie was a great bookend for the original series Star Trek movies, I can say that I've seen the two best of the original series movies on the big screen. The mission that I want to cover today is the Grail mission that studied the moon in incredible detail. On this day in 2011, the twin Grail, or the Gravity Recovery and Interior Laboratory spacecraft, lifted off on a mission to explore the moon's gravitational field. What made the Grail mission so unique is that the twin spacecraft, nicknamed after launch Ebb and Flow, measured the precise changes in the distance between the two spacecraft as they flew over the moon. Using the spacecraft to measure the gravitational field of the moon in this way meant that NASA had to develop a way to, quote, measure changes in distance between the two spacecraft down to a few microns about the diameter of a red blood cell. This insane level of precision was necessary to complete the mission objectives for GRAIL, which was to develop a vastly improved understanding of the composition of the moon's interior, Having a better understanding of how our moon is put together helps scientists understand our moon and other bodies in the solar system better than ever before. The Grail spacecraft were intentionally crashed into the surface of the moon on December 17, 2012 after successfully completing their science objectives. Now for Cassini countdown number 5, we're going to stay on rings for today's Cassini top 10 topic. Yesterday, I talked about the vertical structures in Saturn's rings, and I want to talk about how the rings are a dynamic environment that helps NASA explore how not only moons, but planets form. Images captured in April of 2013 show that, quote, disturbances at the very edge of Saturn's A-ring, the outermost of the planet's large, bright rings, 
One of these disturbances is an arc about 20% brighter than its surroundings that is 750 miles or 1200 kilometers long and 6 miles or 10 kilometers wide. Scientists believe that the arc and protuberances are caused by the gravitational effects of a nearby object. While NASA stated that this object isn't getting any larger and that it may in fact be getting smaller, it's still an interesting object that could only be observed by a spacecraft like Cassini. Cassini's helped answer countless questions we've had about Saturn, and it's also helped us ask even more intriguing questions about the Saturnian system in general. In the article I'm linking to in the show notes, NASA scientists talk about the theory that Saturn's rings were much more massive earlier on in the planet's evolution, and that over time they gave birth to the moons and the rings that we see today. Check out the show notes for more information on today's episode, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. Let me know what you think of the show by leaving a rating in iTunes. It takes just a minute to leave a rating, and it makes a huge difference because it helps even more people find the show. I'd also appreciate if you could share the space shot with your friends and family and anyone else that enjoys podcasts. Tomorrow, we remember September 11th as seen from space. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.